Love knows no season, love knows no climb. Romance can blossom any old time. Here in the open, we're walking and hoping together. You know, together, it's funny uh, to use together, this song, together, which is actually part of Winter Wonderland, but it's true. Love knows no season. And love knows no partisan. And uh, Alex Garrett here, Alex Garrett Podcasting. By the way, you can find me on Alex G in NYC on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, even if you want to do that. Um, also, you could follow my Instagram on my podcast now, Alex Garrett Podcasting. So, um, what I was going to say was that love knows no partisanship. It should run deeper than that. Uh, friendship should know no partisanship. It should run deeper than that. Family should know no partisanship. It should run deeper than that. What point did we just say we're going to let everything divide us? At what point did we not look at someone for who they are as a good human being, and then dismiss them because they don't agree with your political views. At what point? Because love knows no partisanship. Love knows only something that runs very, very deep. Deeper than probably we can understand. And so that's my topic today. Love knows no partisanship. And also, we're going to talk to Mitch Felderhoff, who ate dog food, get this, for 30 days at Munster Mill. It's a dog food, animal food company. And um, we talked to him about the experience of eating dog food as an experiment for 30 days. And it's a documentary now. He can tell us about that in just a minute. But it's true. Love knows no partisanship. And I felt that so strongly in a couple ways. Firstly, the endoscopy, thank God, went well. They did what needed to do. Thanks for your support out there. If you were listening to this, and we're praying, and we're thinking of it, uh, it worked out well. And then the outpouring of support and love from either side. Family members were on the other side, either side, and friends were on either side. And it really calmed me. In fact, before I went in the procedure, I saw how much not loved the NYPD was yesterday. And I believe the Brooklyn Bridge. They were trying to let the peaceful protesters march. And the City Hall rabble-rousers... This was right before I went to the procedure. So obviously I was a little amped up going in. Obviously I was a little bit disturbed when I saw bloody footage of the NYPD officers getting decked. When I saw the fact that NYPD Chief of Department Terrence Monahan got his fingers sprained and bloodied up. Terrible. All because... They wanted to let a peaceful march go, and no, the rabble-rousers couldn't deal with that, right? The rabble-rousers really couldn't deal with that. And so, when I went to the procedure, I was all calm, I was ready for it, 
And I just thought, at the end of the day, and because I saw a great picture of my two aunts, who are really on political sides of the spectrum here, different sides, and that's okay. We're all allowed to be on the different side of things. <laughs> but <clears throat> when I saw this picture, I said, love knows no partisanship. I love both my aunts equally. Because they are family, because they are amazing people. And so, yes, love and family and friendship, no, no partisanship. And if it, they let you do so, affect the friendship, family, connection, relationship, whatever you have, then how healthy was it to begin with? That That's something to evaluate. Then one last thing before Mitch Felderhoff comes in, saw this cool article, you know, this is ADA month I've been mentioning. And this is very cool. Zappos, you know the company Zappos, it's a shoe company. Zappos Adaptive is an extension of Zappos.com. And what they're doing is connecting people with products that make getting dressed easier for everyone. That includes, I kid you not, single shoes. They are selling single styled shoes. So if I need a shoe, I can only buy one now. This is amazing. <laughs> I can finally buy one without the pair and we can move on with our lives. Thank you, Zappos. That is awesome. That is truly awesome. And I am so glad that our, our fa family friend showed us this. They got single shoes for kids with for kids, for adults, for toddlers. We had an exchange uh, program with someone, a very elderly man at the time in Atlanta. We already would send our left shoe, my left shoe, for the right shoe. Well, now, instead of paying 80 bucks or 40 bucks for two, I can easily buy a nice shoe, single shoe, for 50 bucks or less. Zappos, this is awesome news. And those who have prosthetics also can get involved with this. I see. So, um, kudos to that. Zappos.com. Just look them up and then look up single shoes and uh, you will you will find a complete section for one-shoed people. <laughs> and I'm very thankful for that. And look, they even got the new balance that I use. This is, this is godly right here. So, thank you for that, uh, Zappos. Very, 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 very cool. All right. Without further ado, my guest today is Mitch Felderhoff, and um, Mitch and I talked a great deal about why he did the 30-day dog food challenge, what his reactions were like, and what projects he's coming up with, and, and believe me, the 30-day food dog food challenge wasn't the only reason why this story stood out. You'll listen to why right now. Hey, this is dog food. <laughs> dog food? Are you nuts or something? Why should my wife make dog food? We haven't even got a dog. Well, one of my favorite shows, The Honeymooners, uh, you might remember an episode where Ralph Cramden was literally eating dog food and then presented his boss with it, saying, what a great invention. Well, let me tell you about a real-life 
Mitch Felderoff, who literally ate dog food for 30 days. Now, I'm sorry, Mitch, if the comparison to Ralph offends you, but I just think it's so funny to meet a real-life person who's eating dog food uh, on a consistent basis. Thanks for joining. Yeah, no, thanks for having me and, and not offended at all. So tell me, why, why you run Munster uh, Foods, right? Is that correct? Munster's uh, Milling Company. So tell us about that. Yeah, so I own uh, Munster Milling Company, and we're a fourth-generation family-owned animal food producer. And uh, the, the industry is really, really big, and we're really, really small. And there's a, a lot of bad information with a lot of dollars behind it out there. And so sure. for us to, to make sure we're educating our customers the right way, sometimes we got to get a little crazy. And I thought, what better way to do it than to eat our own dog food and just show that we believe in what we're doing. Well, tell us about that experiment. How did that go? And what was the purpose of it? Yeah, so it went it went well. It was uh, it was interesting. Uh, I don't I don't miss eating dog food every day for sure. It uh, um, you know for for thirty days, all I ate was dog food, no sauces, no seasonings, spices, no alcohol, no coffee. Um, I ended up losing uh, thirty pounds in the process. Uh, triglycerides dropped by seventy percent. Cholesterol dropped in half. Blood sugar dropped by about twenty percent. Uh, so overall, my health uh, skyrocketed and. Uh, in the end of it, I had a lot better understanding, honestly, of what we did as a company. And, you know, it really encouraged us to to take more of an approach of what's it like to be the dog when mm. we create a food. <laughs> and what did you find? Like, what was your, what was the results of it? So, essentially, we learned that, um, you know, we probably feed our dogs too much and too often. And uh, a big part of of losing, dropping the weight I did was because I wasn't encouraged to eat. It was dog food. It didn't taste great. Right. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, if, if we back off what we're feeding our pets just a little bit, uh, we're going to see a dramatic difference in their health in a short amount of time because mm. 60% of pets are obese. You know, they're following the same path that the, that we are as people. And, uh, probably because the biggest pet food manufacturers are the biggest culprits in, in making people obese with, you know, uh, companies like Mars and Nestle that are the biggest right. candy are also the biggest producers of pet food. Well, so does it agitate you or what, what is it like when you see this blue ribbon now who's had this ad campaign out the last couple months? Uh, yeah, we, you need to go with us or whatever. Like, do you feel like people should find a better option than the, the ones they're seeing on TV right now? Yeah, I mean, like there, there's there are a lot of good dog foods out there. Not everyone is is just doing it for a buck, but I do think you you've got to look at the ingredient label and see what's really in it. So flip the bag over, and if it if they use generic words like animal fat, mm. um, it's really hard to know what animal that came from because in the end of the day, it's whatever was cheapest that day. Um, a lot of foods are just overloaded with grain and gluten and corn gluten meal and just cheap proteins, and so. Um, you know, really digging down and finding out like, where does the dog food come from? Right. Um, does the company make it themselves and uh, do they know what they're putting in it and, and do they believe in it? And, and at the end of the day, that's why I ate it for 30 days is because I do believe in what we do. Uh, let's talk about the animal stomach when, when they get this food, I'm sure these different products, they get processed differently, right? So would you say your product processes a little better than others or a lot better than others? Well, how do you guys make sure that process goes well? Yeah. I mean, uh, look, our, our food is, is going to be much closer to what the dog is designed to eat. And 
dogs were designed to eat diets lower in carbohydrates, higher in protein, and higher in fats. And anytime you get a food closer to what that dog was designed to have, uh, it's going to be easier for them to digest it. They're going to pull more nutrients from it, and they're going to have a boosted immune system and a healthier response to it, which means they're going to get sick less and ultimately live longer. Well, I brought you on because this is also, as much as a serious story, it's a funny story too. So tell us any funny moments you had in the 30 days eating this. And yeah, let's start there. Yeah, uh, you know, when when we would go to restaurants, because I, I didn't want the family to have to, to suffer through this. So, you know, we would still go eat, uh, we'd still go eat lunch or go eat dinner every now and then out to eat uh, back when restaurants were open. And, um, you know, I would pull out a bag of dog food and eat it. And got quite a few questions from people walking by. The uh, the kids had fun throwing dog food in my mouth. And, uh, you know, that was entertaining. And, and I had to come up with creative ways to eat some of it. So we had, uh, we make a meal topper. And okay. where we basically, we take the freeze-dried meat and we grind it up into a powder. We add a supplemental process to it. And, uh, you know, when I shook that up, I, I put it in a shaker bottle with water and, and tried to drink it. And I didn't have one of those shaker springs. Oh, and so uh, when I went to drink it, there was a dry clump in it and it actually kind of got stuck in my throat oh, shoot. Um, and, and almost threw it all right up. So it, it was pretty hard to, to get that down. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, everyone enjoyed watching that video quite a bit. Well, I, I know you put this in video form, so we'll talk about that. But family, friends, what was their reaction when you said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it for 30 days and then follow through with it? Um, pretty much everyone thought I was a little nuts. Um, and rightly so. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of an out loud, out loud thinker. So if I have an idea, it just comes out and that idea probably happened as I was saying it. And so I kind of said it and, and the reaction I got from people was that's totally nuts and dumb, but I think it's actually a pretty good idea. And when I saw that, that people actually thought, wow, that's, that's not a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. I decided to run with it and I told more and more people and eventually I had told enough people that I was going to do it that I had to. Wow. And so there was, there was no choice but to do it. Did the quarantine inspire this? I got to ask, was this like a quarantine project? No. So I actually did this back in January. Okay. And so we had collected a bunch of footage and decided to turn it into a documentary. And, um, you know, oddly enough, plenty of people were sitting at home and we thought, let's put something out for people to watch that isn't uh, related to all the depressing news. No, and, and I've got to ask you this, though. So how is Texas doing right now? How is your family doing? Oh, we're doing well. Um, it's really, really hot. You know, I think it got up to almost 160 degrees today. Oof. And so we're, we're avoiding the heat as much as possible. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're ready for October to get here. That's, that's kind of what we're hanging on to. Four generations. That's pretty remarkable. How did this whole company start? And... I'm guessing all the lines of uh, all the generations have had that passion for the food, for animal food. Yeah. So it started uh, in 1932. My great grandfather was a sharecropper and uh, a bunch of the local farmers needed a place to go with the grain because it was at or or drive several hours with it. So um, they actually sponsored him and he was able to borrow money from them and he built a flour mill and we did flour mill for several years and it transitioned into livestock feed. We made dairy feed. Uh, used to be a lot of dairies in the area. And then when the dairy consolidation took place and, and all went to, you know, Wisconsin and California, um, we were kind of sitting there with nothing to do. And so my dad converted it to a pet food plant back in the 80s. Wow. And then we've been making pet food ever since. 
And you guys are, are mainstream. I think I saw some of your food sold in Petco and elsewhere. Is that right? No, we're not. We're not in uh, the big box stores. We uh, we try to work with uh, the independents and other family-owned stores and support them. And then we also uh, we are on e-commerce, and so you can buy okay. our food online. So, well, Mitch, obviously every economy, every job seems to be, every business seems to be hurting. So, would you say releasing this video of you eating the dog food might have helped keep the business open during the COVID lockdown, or were you guys pretty okay before? You know, I don't know if it was that significant. I think it was really just something that was more entertaining for our customers to watch and, and you know, hopefully just kind of provide something, uh, something kind of light to watch. And, uh, you know, we've, we've weathered the storm pretty well. It's, it's uh, you know, we, we didn't let go of any employees. We, we put them all to work and we just, um, you know, we got creative, created separate shifts and put hours uh, staggering between the shifts so that we didn't have employees crossing over and could always have a healthy team and um, spend a lot more time cleaning than we did in the past. Mitch, you, you grew up around this. So what was it like growing up? I, I'm guessing you're a dog enthusiast to begin with. Yeah, no, I love dogs uh, growing up and it was fun. Uh, I, I used to uh, I used to spend most of my time at trade shows with my dad handing out samples. So from the time I've been five or six, I've been trying to sell dog food. Wow. And, and do you have dogs of your own and do you feed them Munster Mill? I guess you do, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And no, I've got, I have, uh, I have one yellow lab. I had two, we had to, we lost our, our 15 year old two weeks ago. Mm. Uh, but yeah, all they eat is uh, Munster always have. And uh, you know, they're actually eating basically just all of our freeze dried only right now. Some of these commercials, now that you mention it, when you, when you see them, they almost make the people seem like they don't do enough research on the foods themselves. Would you say that's accurate? Is, could people be doing better research on their food? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that a lot of people just take the advice from the veterinarian um, and not to downplay veterinarian, but they typically only have about three hours of nutrition training in school. And most veterinarian clinics now are actually owned by Mars, mm. which is the biggest pet food manufacturer. So in the where world. are they going to push them to, right? I get what you're saying yeah. there. Yeah. And so they, they happen to own, I think 1600 vet clinics and, and it's real easy for them to push them towards their food. And, you know, they're not as worried about on Mars. isn't as worried about treating the dog from a health standpoint, from nutrition, because they just assume prescribe the medicine, give a shot, do an x-ray, do a surgery. And mm. uh, I don't have anything to gain from a sick dog, you know, Right? No, you don't. Does PETA ever ruffle your feathers? Like, do you get agitated with them when they try and take a stance on these certain things? I really don't because, um, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, PETA's got a mission, and uh, I can't say that it's quite as clear as ours. Um, you know, ours is to provide healthy nutrition for animals. And when you, when you look at what does that mean, it means giving the dog what it's supposed to eat and that is meat. And so, you know, we have to find meat for dogs. Otherwise, what are they going to eat? They're going to eat junk and it's going to make them sick. And so, you know, it's, it's pretty clear what we do and why. Now you're in Texas. So how, how branched out are you guys? Are you known outside Texas? I imagine you are if you're being pitched uh, nationally. Well, um, we do. So we do a fair amount of private label where we'll make food and put it in other people's bag. And, and we do that for, for uh, small pet stores all over the country. And then we also, 
uh, from an e-commerce standpoint, we've, we've sent food to all 48 states down, you know, contingent, and we've, we've even shipped some to Alaska and Hawaii. So even uh, up here in New York, we get some of your Munster Mill foods. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, we, we send a decent amount of dog food up to New York. Very cool. Maybe some of my listeners are, are familiar then, huh? Yeah, maybe, maybe so. I mean, we're, we're very, very tiny. So, you know, there's, but there's a chance. So Mitch, you have a platform and you you have a YouTube channel. So in addition to all this fun that you've had during the 30 days of dog food and that, I'm sure you've also focused on, hey, pets can possibly get COVID. Here's how you can prevent that from happening. Have you done any of that outreach also? Well, so we, we looked into that early on and we, we met with uh, the veterinarians and, and which their specialty is practicing medicine, right? And, um, you know, the veterinarians have had very little concern about the pets having COVID. You know, their, their main concern is... Uh, it's, it's the same as, as people, right? It's just practice good hygiene. And so, you know, wash the dog's bowl, uh, give it a bath, give it a, a, a shower. And, you know, if, if the goal is to not go um, hugging a bunch of other people and, and, and uh, right. high-fiving right now, then probably not a good idea to let your dog jump all over them either. Sure, so, that's, a, that's a great point. I yeah. mean, I, when I heard it was transmissible to begin with, I was a little bit like, what? What are they saying right now? Yeah, they, they thought that maybe dogs could carry it and trans transmission it, but it's it's not this strand. So there, you know, there's, I think there's ten or twenty different strands of coronavirus, and and so there is a coronavirus that dogs carry, but it's nothing like the one that's going through people right now. So I should not be afraid if I see a dog walking to still pet it, right? Because I've been a little wary of that, to be honest. No, you've got nothing to worry about in my mind. Mitch, do you ever deal with the big cats, the big animals like like tigers or lions? Do you ever do those outreach as well? You know, years ago we actually used to uh, we used to make some big cat food for um, a guy that was on Netflix recently, and oh, so wow. yeah, we would you make mean Tiger King himself. Tiger King, yeah, we used to make a, a giant kibble that was about that big around, and that was probably fifteen years ago. Wow. And now uh, how was he working? Did you work with him personally or? You know, not really. Um, you know, he did have a pet store in Arlington and we used to sell some pet food to him then. And yeah, he was, he was always a very charismatic character, but uh, not quite to the level that, that everyone, the rest of the world saw. So do you get wrapped up in that as a food provider or even just an animal lover? Like, Oh, what is Carol Baskin doing with Tiger King? Or do you focus on making the foods for your pets? I mean, we focus on making food for the pets, but we did have a little fun. You know, we all watched it and, and thought it was pretty funny. I think everyone was looking for anything humorous to watch back in, in March. Oh my gosh, you're you're not kidding. And he really lit up the Netflix skyline, didn't he there? Yeah, no, he was totally nuts, but he, he brought a lot of people back off the ledge, I'm sure. So what is your, um, uh, well, this is the other thing I'm seeing on TikTok sometimes too, is longevity. You see pets that are in their 20s now and some in their late teens. How is that possible? How can we make that a possibility for our pets? So a lot of it is, it's all, you know, it's, it comes back to diet, right? And taking care of the animal when they're young. Um, exercise is so important. And a lot of people talk about their cow, their dog being a couch potato. Well, it's a couch potato because you let it. And right. if you get it up and take it walking, then, hey, you have something completely different there. So um, I think a lot of it's related to just honestly a good diet and exercise. And do you have any cats? Do you make cat food as well or, or mainly dog? So we do have a cat. We are coming out with our first cat food that we have. We've not had a cat food in probably five or six years. We have a, a cat here at our house. Her name is Sprinkles Sparkles Felderhoff. And, okay. Uh, well, that's adorable. 
Yeah, we got a three, six, and eight-year-old boy, and they named her, and they, they just kind of she's she's a kitten that we adopted, and they just chase her all over the place. And I'm sure she chases them too. So, what made you get back into the cat food? Was it adopting this your, your cat? Honestly, we've had just so many people asking us for a cat food. So we've got a lot of people that really, really love our dog food. They trust us, and they you know been asking for a cat food for probably you know eight to ten months, and so we've been kind of saying no, no, no. And finally we've got enough people asking that it's like, you know, if the goal is to help people, let's make a cat food. Let's help them out. Do you guys make it with sort of like a scientific approach or how do you guys exactly, who do you, how do you guys work? Who do you work with to make the food? Yeah. So we've got a PhD nutritionist um, who's got about 30 years experience in the industry. We have another one that's got almost 45 to 50 years. And so uh, we bounce back and forth between both of the nutritionist and uh, each nutritionist checks off the other one's work and then we do some feeding trials and then we feed it to our animals and then we release it. So everything is done by science first and what's right for the animal before we manufacture it. Let's, let's, let's talk ground level for a minute. Cause you just inspired another question. I never sure. script these things. It just comes to the top of my head, but let's say you have a family that's freaking out cause their animal can't keep something down for a number of days. How do you calm that family? Like, what do you tell them? Well, the, the first thing we do is just tell them to pull food and water for 24 hours at least. Um, okay. the, the, the best thing you can do is just pull everything because the digestive system needs a chance to rest. So if you look back to dogs and cats genetically, um, you know, they're hunters. And if they didn't kill something that day, they typically didn't eat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're wired to give their digestive tract a break because if, if you continue to eat and eat and eat, you know, if a dog is throwing up or having diarrhea, it's, it's telling you that their stomach is in distress. And so just like when we get sick, you know, I don't know about you, but if I have a stomach bug, I may not really eat much for two or three days at all. I got to be honest with you. This is coming at a perfect time, this conversation, because I literally have an endoscopy that I have to get to and I have to do a redo. This is the most craziest thing. I have to do a redo from yesterday. Anyway, I can't now eat or drink for today and I'm a little rattled by that. But I was going to say, can dog food help the human system? I mean, this is what I'm kind of wondering now. No, I, I wouldn't go that far. But what I would do is just, I would, yeah, taking a break from food and water, it gives your digestive system a chance to rebuild. And the microbes are able to recolonize, multiply, and uh, basically get to a point where they can handle food again. And then just slowly reintroduce the food. Don't go back to the normal amount because when you're sick, you don't go right back to the normal amount of food. You, you start with probably a half to three fourths, which you're typically eating because your stomach shrank. And so it's, you, you've got to feed the dog. You don't just look at the instructions and dump it in the bowl. How do you make sure your food is regulated properly? Like how do you guys, are you under federal regulation as well as a, as a business and a dog food company? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the FDA comes in and checks us out. Uh, they actually came in during the, the 30 days of dog food in case people got the idea to start eating it themselves. And so, uh, they were there probably on like week, week two of this thing. And they wow. spent 48 hours with us. They did a real thorough inspection. Um, you know, we've got a QA department where, uh, we've got an FSMA, uh, certification, HACCP certified, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on quality control and testing and making sure that before we send food out, it is safe. And I guess testing would be if like a dog gets sick, then that formula didn't work or something to that effect. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, everything is done, you know, on the front end, probably six to nine months before a product hits the market. Sure. 
And so we know if it's going to work or not before we send it out. That's very cool. So yeah. now you got me thinking, did people actually try this as you were posting the videos or no? We, we had a few people call us and say, hey, I want to try it. Send me 12 bags so I can eat oh, it. You know, wow. Yeah, which, which just means they had, you know, a bunch of dogs at home trying to score some free food. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of employees uh, would sit down and eat some dog food with me. Uh, on the last day, the day 30 of this, uh, we, had a, uh, we had a meal and an event at the local shelter. And we paid for adoption fees for 30 animals to get a home. And I had 10 people or 11 people that sat down and ate with me. So obviously people thought this was funny when it hit the news wire, but look at that. You did something good with it. Did that get a lot of publicity as well? Or just the fact that you did this? Yeah, no, it actually got quite a bit of publicity. And that, that was really the goal because we were starting to get uh, a lot of PR out of it and lots of interviews. And we just kind of thought, Hey, how can we turn this into something good for some people that need it? Um, and so we just, we, we donate all the food to Operation Kindness. We feed all of their animals, um, all year long for free, hundred percent. And so, uh, we just thought, let's, let's share some of this with them and let's try and get some news out and, and find some animals, some forever homes. And, uh, sure enough, we did. So are you on a new topic? Cause this obviously started trending again. I saw this recently. So what, what's new in the Felderoff world that brings us to light again? So we just released the documentary. Um, so it, it took several months to get that thing pieced together. Um, you know, we don't have a uh, million dollar budget to, to build things. And so we got to scrap together and get lean and yep. you know, just, it takes a little longer. And, uh, um, you know, we finally got it pieced together and, and honestly, uh, there was no, there was no purpose in, in releasing this when, when news was at its peak with all the hysteria that's been going on. And we thought there's a nice little window there between, um, uh, all the hysteria and probably sports starting back up in school and, and thought sure. that's our window of opportunity. Let's try it. Uh, and so where can people find this uh, documentary? So you can find it on our Facebook page. Uh, just look up Munster Milling or facebook.com slash uh, Munster Pet Foods. Uh, if you go to YouTube and type in 30 days of dog food or man eats dog food for a month, you'll find it. Uh, okay. And then you can also go to 30 days of dog food.com and it'll be right there at the top of that. And it sounds like, Mitch, based on how we're talking here, you didn't care what people thought. You were on this mission. And um, got to ask, do you think God, because I'm not sure if he plays a role, but do you think God called you to this mission as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, uh, you know, our, our goal is to do good and to, uh, you know, we've been around for 88 years. We're not trying to just come in and flip a business. We want to provide good jobs and, and, and provide good, healthy food for animals. And so in order to do that, we need to uh, always be picking up new customers and selling food. And so, you know, uh, when you're out praying about it and, and trying to figure out what do I do next? Uh, you know, the ideas in my mind, they don't, they don't just come to me, you know, God gives you ideas to take advantage of your gifts, you know, just like you've got a podcast. It's just because you're good at doing a podcast. So, you know, that idea didn't come from you. It was put there by someone and you just happen to have the gifts that were given to, to take advantage of it. So yeah, I, I do believe that God inspired this. All right. So did, did you have any doctoral advice as you were doing this and doctoral help as you were doing this? Yeah. So just going to the doctor, it was uh, like, look, I've, I've not seen anyone try this before. I, I do think you should be uh, uh, careful. Um, mm. But you know, if I'm okay with it, I don't endorse it. But if, if you get sick, call me and we'll help. And did you get sick at all? Uh, no, I, I didn't have, I didn't have any sickness. I did have one day where I overate a little bit because okay. uh, we were shooting film at the house and uh, you know, 
I ate basically my full meal's worth. And then the documentary crew looked and said, hey, our batteries were dead on the camera. We got to reshoot that. Oh, my gosh. And so we reshot it. And then uh, they looked and said it happened again. And so we reshot, which means I ate again and again and again. And so I ended up eating like three and a half pounds of meat. And about 2 a.m. that morning, I probably could have beat Usain Bolt to the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. That's uh, intense. But, hey, that's part of the journey, right? Absolutely. And it's kind of like anything when we put not just dog food, but anything in our body that's foreign, it's going to react to it. So it's kind yeah. of a normal reaction, I'm thinking. Yeah, no, I think it is. I think it is. And it's just overdoing it. So it was too much at once. So why Munster? See, when you say Munster, I think of like Munster cheese, but what was the reasoning behind the naming? So we, we are in the little town called Munster. And so it was, it was one of those deals back in 1932. Everything got named after the town it was in, right? So there was Munster Lumber, Munster Building Supply, Munster Concrete, Munster Oil, Munster Dog Food. You must be super proud that you can make a four-generation business continue even through these times. Yeah, no, we are. We're excited to carry on that legacy. And just, you know, uh, if there was one thing that we were taught growing up, it was that you don't quit. Mm. You know, if we keep fighting and keep carrying through, then eventually we'll make it to the other side. I got to ask, it looks like your background's from the office. So uh, big office fan, I gather? I am, yeah. No, I I keep that as my my background no matter what, pretty much. But yeah, huge office fan. So I guess you're like the Michael Scott or what, what, what character would you say you are? Uh, you know, I, I do get compared to him a lot. Um, I'm personally, I'm a huge fan of the Nard dog. Okay. Uh, see, I didn't great. follow it that closely. So you <laughs> up there, but, uh, I'm a big Jim fan. That's, let me just put that there. I love Jim and yeah, Pam. That whole great. story is just incredible, but, uh, yeah. no, that, that, that series is legendary and they've actually had some reunion stuff going on too, which is, yeah. so that's cool. And I, I guess, you know, you gotta have fun and I clearly, you have fun and you want to try this. So what ideas are percolating now for Mitch Felderhoff? So um, what we are starting now, actually, because of this 30 days of dog food, I got, I got really bored eating the same thing every day. Okay. And so we're actually, uh, we, we looked at kibble and decided it's gone as far as it can go. Like uh, there's nothing else you can do to it. It's round and it's brown at the end of the day. And so we've decided to start putting stuff on the outside of it because I thought if I ever have to do this again, I'm going to make it taste better. And so now we coat it with coconut oil. We'll put bacon fat on it. We can put freeze-dried raw meats, probiotics, um, all kinds of good stuff. So we have started the custom kibble project, the custom coated kibble project. And so basically if you have a dog with an issue, we can go in and match it with a, uh, a solution from a functional standpoint that will actually help the dog. So we've got a whole line of functional meal toppers coming out that have uh, glucosamine and chondroitin in them, uh, CBD and uh, skin and coat type products. Mitch, do you ever find, and that that's very cool. It reminds me of like the Kong where you put the peanut butter inside. You're like revert inverting that and yeah, putting it on the outside now. Exactly. So um, Mitch, the serious question before we wrap up, is there a shortage? Like, do you find that, dog food also has the potential to be wasted that we aren't talking about? Um, possibly. I mean, I, I think, I think most people are pretty good about um, not wasting a bunch of dog food. If you know what we do see a lot is if, if people have extra dog food or say their dog passes or uh, their dog didn't like it, most of the time people do a pretty good job of giving that to a shelter. And That's so, 
you know, when we ship food out, if, if the customer is unhappy with it or uh, they wanted to try something else or we ship the wrong bag, we typically just say, Hey, why don't you go drop it off the local shelter? We'll replace the bag for you and, and try to put that food towards some good of, of feeding an animal that needs it. Mitch, you're doing a lot of great work. I could tell, and please come back and tell us how this new project comes along and, and what we can do here. Uh, Alex, our podcast and the help. Absolutely. No, uh, thank you for having me and, and uh, enjoyed the time as well. Any Twitter handle anywhere we can find you guys. You know, I, I don't, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, it just seems like a hallway that people yell down. <laughs> so <laughs> we are on, on Facebook and on Instagram. I think I'm that dog food guy. Like okay. that dog food guy. You'll definitely get tagged in this video. So yeah, very cool. And then, and then in TikTok, we're going to start doing a bunch of TikTok videos and it's the dog food guy. Very cool. Well, follow back. I will definitely be on the lookout. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us and God bless you on on your endeavors. Alex, thank you so much and God bless yourself. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll talk to you soon.